As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to the Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for 30% off. Or, or wait, it's a little secret I'm going to tell you about. The athletic is going to be for Black Friday and Cyber Monday starting on the 29th, $1 a month for 12 months. So, wow. that's the best deal of the year coming your way. I'd wait. I'd wait. But if you can't wait, you can still get 30% off at theathletic.com slash down to dunk. We are going to discuss Sam Vecini's rookie rankings today, which is uh, really a very fun read, number one. You should be subscribed for that. I, you probably can't wait because of that. And I understand because I wouldn't want to wait either. Uh, and then Thunder fans should be excited about it. Be really excited. Uh, first off. So, welcome to Michele Barra, who joins us every Monday. Michele, how you doing? Hey, I'm glad to be back on Monday. It feels always wrong to record in in different days <laughs> it than feel this weird. one. So, <laughs> I need I need I need this to start my week in with the right foot. That's right. You know? I agree. And it is the week of Thanksgiving, and I could not. This is this is exactly where I want to be recording a podcast with Michele Barra, one of my favorite people. So very thankful I get to do this. Uh, Same here. So the Thunder today announced that they are going to be lifting some of the health and safety protocols uh, starting December first. So I'm just going to read from it, if that's okay. <laughs> this is not going to be an opinion portion of the podcast, but I want to make sure that Thunder fans are aware of it and aware of maybe aware of maybe some of the reasoning behind it. So here we go. So Thunder fans have come who have come to the first 10 home games at the Paycom Center have been tremendous in their support of our health and safety protocols. We are grateful for their adherence to our policies designed to help keep our community safe. We, since we announced our protocols in September, the Oklahoma Department of Health reports the percentage of Oklahoma County residents 12 and older who are fully or partially vaccinated has risen to 85%. 
The number of COVID cases statewide has dropped. Approximately 60% in hospitalizations have declined at similar rates. As we discuss the statistics and vaccination rates with the health officials and reviewed our protocols, we have decided to lift our vaccination slash testing requirements effective with the December 1st home game. We will no longer require proof of vaccination or testing to attend the games, nor require children 2 to 11 to wear masks. The current protocols, proof of vaccination or negative tests remain in place for the home games on November 24th and 26th. So there's that. If you, uh, It will be a little bit easier to attend a game with regards to hoops to jump through. Whether you agree with it or not, it's happening. So we shall move on. The Thunder are 0-2 in the Dave Bliss era of the Thunder, which... Man, Dave Bliss in a press conference setting is just a delight. They have, this is honestly the most delightful group of people to cover, which it makes it easy. One, as a fan, it makes them very easy to root for. And then as somebody mm-hmm. covering the team and getting to talk to these guys, uh, they're just a delightful group. The, the, the players don't always give great answers. Some of them do. Uh, but the coaches are awesome like just awesome people and dave bliss is no exception to that i just really like him (laughs) that's all uh thoughts on thoughts on these games so they have they're they're doing this thunder thing they get down big and they battle back and they get down big and they battle back and it's kind of in their dna uh they get down big because they're not very good like they're not a very good basketball team and they get back into it because they don't stop like that's yeah. that's that's why they get back in is because the other team gets up twenty, and they do the thing where teams get up twenty and they kind of dial it back a little bit, and the Thunder just keep pressing. They don't stop. I mean, they're putting on a, they're down nine with like forty seconds left in the Celtics game, and they're putting on a full court press. It's like yeah. guys, there will be more games. There will be more. I promise. Uh, but they continue to just push. Yeah, and just to try to see if my powers uh, are reaching like absolutely high levels. Um, <laughs> what is happening with Shea? I mean, you can argue that yeah. OKC could have gone like one and one at least had Shea like play the way he he knows, how, like in an efficient way. I mean, the, the the end of the game against Milwaukee was terrible in terms of results and also a bit in terms of decision making. Um, Again, I, I already mentioned with John that it's it's all good. Uh, there is absolutely no issue, uh, at least in my mind, seeing a guy like Shea trying to take matter on his own. Um, yeah. Maybe he could... I think he needs to rely... And this is me probably going completely crazy right now, but it's uh, it's been a long day. Let's put it this way. Um, I feel that he has to take a little bit more mid-range jumpers. Because the defense is right now is just either I drive or I take uh, a sidestep three, which works. Sure. He can take those, but I think that the in between game is a little bit missed uh, in, in in like this year. I don't know how many he's taking, but we can check it uh, immediately. I feel like like from the eye test is that he's taking way less than, than in previous years, and, and I think that. This is a part of the game that he should leverage because great players have all three levels. And I think that he has and he needs to get to his uh, mid-range pull-up a little bit more. 
Yeah, he's got that in his bag too. So it's not mm-hmm. like this is a new thing that he's. It's not like we're asking Lou Dort to do it, who's taken maybe like three all season. Uh, this is Shea, who kind of. I mean, he, when he was with Chris Paul, I feel like he did it more. Uh, let's see. I'm actually pulling it up as we're talking. So from mid range, Shea has taken 27 mid range shots on the season. He is shooting 40.7% on those shots. It's the most on the team by far. The next, I mean, this is kind of wild. Uh, Derek Favors is second with 21 total of those. He's shooting yeah. 38%. Uh, yikes. Uh, Josh Giddy has taken 16 mm-hmm. mid-range jumpers. He's made six for 37%. Yikes. Ooh, boy. How about this? Alexei Pokashevsky has taken 12. How many do you think he's made, McKelly? Oh, seven. Seven is exactly right. Ding, ding, ding. 58.3%. Wow. That's nice. I like that. Uh, but everybody else. <laughs> that is luck. Kendrick has taken. No, his pull up is, is okay. His pull no, up is okay. Oh, lucky you guessing right. Oh, lucky you guessing right. Uh, yes, I don't actually. I don't believe that either. I think both are skill. I think you and Poku <laughs> both have extreme skill. Uh, he's only taken twelve. Kendrick's taken twelve. Kendrick's is six out of twelve. Everybody else is in the single digits. Uh, Lou, Lou Dort has taken six. He hit that one mm-hmm. pull up. Everything else he's missed. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. In the restricted area. Uh, wow. Two players have taken more shots than Shea Gilgis Alexander in the restricted area. Who are they? Uh, Lou Dort. Yeah. Lou Dort is number one with 70 shots in the restricted area. And Josh Shea. Giddy. No, Josh Giddy has taken 22 less than Shea. Come on. You Darius? Know. Darius. He's taken 67 shots in the in the restricted area to Shea's 66. And Shea wow. is shooting 10 percentage points better than than Darius. That's uh, checks. The, that checks out. The best guys at finishing in the restricted area, number one, Mike Muscala, 8 for 11. Isaiah Roby, 11 or 16. Trey Mann, which I would like to see more of him. He's with the blue. He is playing. He recovered from that ankle injury quite quickly mm-hmm. i think he had 15 points yesterday uh eight of 13 61.5 like that's good well, let's see some more yeah dort 61 on 43 of 70 that's a wild number that's a outrageous number shay's 60 percent favors is 59 percent. that's straight bad for faves like he's got to be better than that then poku 11 of 19 57.9 percent Hmm. That's how I feel. Hmm. Hmm. Poku, one of the things that's killing Poku's percentages is really the the only the only two things that are killing his percentages. One, he is four of thirty two on above the break threes, and that is bad. Twelve percent. Yes. Pretty bad. And then uh, non. In the paint, non-restricted area shots, 3 of 13. Also bad. Like floater range stuff, bad. So yeah, get to the rim or get to that pull-up. Yeah, and I think that um, one thing that, I, that I, I want to see more is just having the team creating opportunities for him 
uh, as a corner three-point shooter because I think that somehow that is more into his range right now. I still have the feeling that he's struggling a bit with range. Um, we're just having the strength to put the ball uh, with the necessary strength and stuff like that. Yeah. Because if you look at the pull-up, it looks very smooth yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it looks good. So there is no mechanical issue in terms of the upper part of the shot. The lower part of the shot is still an issue to me. Um, and, and you can see that in the corners uh, where he has a little bit less of, of distance, it looks much better. So I wonder if that is just a natural progression of his strength uh, that is hard coming by clearly because he's not like extremely bigger than last season he may be a little bit stronger but i th i think that that part uh, of his development uh body wise is not there is not there yet um but hey that that is a good news because i think that uh, there is a lot of room to grow uh for pokushevsky and and yeah so it's uh it's still uh, an ongoing process but uh, but again that 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 mid-range pull-up is so freaking good to, yeah. to to watch. Like he's just natural there, and and when you see players that are so natural, it's hard for them not to be good shooters overall. It, it may be something mechanical with his legs or stuff like that, but hey, I think it's fixable, and I hope that it gets it right uh, in the next two years because that is again the swing skill for him. Yeah. If he's not able to hit trees, then it's hard to project a good NBA player. Yes, definitely. And he, I mean, he's been kind of solid, honestly. Mm -hmm. like he, he's not, he's not doing anything crazy. He's getting in there and playing. I want to see more. This might, would be mm -hmm. like my only complaint. I'm pulling up the box right now to see what we got. Yeah, we got nine minutes from him, you know, two rebounds, two assists. He took one shot in nine minutes. That's some Poku progress right right there. Is that he was probably at like a shot a minute to start the season. He's yeah. getting in there and like trying to trying to play. And you know, we're seeing a little bit more Aaron Wiggins too, mm -hmm. which uh, he's played well. Like, I've been impressed with Wiggins. I think that he's got he's definitely has some juice on defense and offensively he's pretty smooth. Like he's got some stuff to him. Now will he continue to progress and see more minutes. Like, I don't know. I, I'd like to see it more. Um, but Bliss played a lot of guys in that game. He played two, four, six guys off the bench. So, um, I mean, that's a lot. The only guy that didn't play that was available was Gabby Deck, who was D and PCD. Just, what a weird, what a weird season for Deck. What a weird, what a weird NBA career for Deck. Yeah, he had, he had like a good, good Olympic uh, like a good, good tournament in the Olympics. Yep. It's wild that he's not even touching the court. It's really wild to me. Yeah. As the Why are they guaranteeing his salary? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery to me. It's something I haven't been able to figure out yet. It's one of the, you know, there's a lot of Thunder mysteries out there, but this is definitely one of them that is very perplexing and extremely low on the... Uh, priority list of things to understand but it's still like there every time you think about him you're like huh well why why everything why, why is he still there why did you bring him over why did you guarantee his contract why is he here what like what's the what's the deal is he great in practice i mean that's possible is that he's just like, yeah yeah but then you play him 
you try at least once in a while to to see if he but has. But do you want him playing? Oh, like who's he? Whose minutes is he taking? You're taking Roby's minutes. No, my point is, supposedly he's great in practice. Yeah. Doesn't that earn you at least playing ahead of Wiggins? Maybe not. Maybe he's not great in practice. Maybe he's great for practice. Oh, you pay four millions for that, dude. I I promise you, I can out asshole <laughs> anyone, anyone on a basketball court. Like yeah. I, I can be. I hear you. I take. Like, I I hear you, and I agree. I don't really get it either, but. You know they're they're playing the young guy. I mean, I'd much rather them play Wiggins than Deck. Like we know, oh, Deck's, me too. Deck's not going to be here. You know, he's not going to be here, right? But he's kind of here. He's here, but is he? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. They've lost the games they're supposed to lose. They're six and ten right now. We can look at the reverse standings on Tankathon.com right now. They're at seventh. In the reverse standings, they are uh, behind the Sacramento Kings, who just fired their coach. Who are because once you fire your coach, you're due for a win. That's just how it works. I don't know who's upcoming. They got Philly, Portland, Lakers, Memphis, Lakers. Yikes! Yikes! Mm. Sacramento Kings. Yikes! Oh, they have the Lakers. They do have the Lakers. Yeah. Is LeBron going to be suspended for a game? For trying to kill himself? Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, do not mess with beef stew, man. Stay out of the beef stew. He was. That that was something. Like he he, he had a few like five minutes of insane rage. Yeah, yeah, and it was <laughs> it was weird going back and watching it. You know, hearing the Detroit PA announcer, you know, and thinking about like the mouse of the palace who's the same PA announcer. Like it just, it was kind of, we- it was kind of weird. Who's like, st- like telling the fans to stay in their seats and stuff. It's like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that was a wild, that was a wild time. Yeah. I would guess LeBron would get tossed for at least one. He got tossed in that game, maybe one more. And probably Isaiah Stewart will probably serve a suspension too, I'd guess. Yeah. Um, it all seems fair. They are, let's see, where are they? They're half a game back of Sacramento. They are two and a half games back of San Antonio, who's four and 11. Hmm. Detroit's four and 12. Man, Detroit really should have gotten that win last night. That would have been very helpful. Yeah, but Uh, they're on track to be better since Cade is playing at this normal uh, level. They're three and seven. I see more potential for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeremy Grant's good. They've got some good players. And Cade is, Mm -hmm. Cade is. Once Cade starts to shoot it, because he will, mm-hmm. right? He has yes. he has not shot the ball well to start the season, and some of that's the ankle, some of that's getting used to the NBA. I mean, he got his he got he got him it handed to him by Anthony Davis on multiple occasions last night. So mm-hmm. it's just a uh, as Mark Degnall says, a recalibration for Cade that he's smart enough to make as the season goes yeah. on. Um, Orlando's four and thirteen, New Orleans. Goodness gracious, three and fifteen, and then Houston, the lost cause of the NBA, one and fifteen. Like that's that that's that bad. should be more talking point. I know that you and Alex did 
an amazing job already uh, here for The Athletic. That, that podcast was amazing, uh, as always. Um, and also Sam Vicini reiterated that uh, in his article today. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense what they are doing. Just There's just like a bunch of, of players going out there without a plan, without a lead, without anything. Like, it's just, that is bad. That is bad. Like, you should at least pretend that you have a goal. Because if you play like Garuba, Shengun, Christopher, Green, fine. Fine. Like, just play them and lose. Yeah. It's, it's all good. It's all good fun. But like losing when you play Eric Gordon, DJ Augustin, Daniel Tice, Christian Wood, and you pretend that you're trying to put their like veterans. Like it's why? So what what is this thing? Like it's so bad. Here, keep going. I'll be right back. It's embarrassing. Just keep going off on the rockets for 60 seconds. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. It's like to me, and again, I, I don't want to, to to steal Alex's words, but it, it's true. Like you have one job, uh, which is like to well, you have two jobs. Develop guys and lose a bunch of games. And I don't see like true development when you just grant minutes to guys that are completely uninterested in playing basketball like if you look at the way in which some of the veterans are approaching the games for houston like what is this you see kenrich williams playing like kenrich earns every single second that is on the court so does mike muscala like those two guys are earning every single second and if you're a rookie you want to play over them go ahead try to steal the job from them but if you look at Tice and Wood and, and, and Gordon, yes, they are kind of playing better than, than, than Green, but it's not like they are playing good basketball. Kenrich and Mike, they are playing good basketball, period. Mm-hmm. And this is an example. Like, you want to be on the court? Do like I, like, do the things that I do yep. and do them better if you can. Yep. This is teaching to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. After that break, we are going to talk about Sam Vecini's rookie rankings and where the Thunder rookies lie within that. We will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. And now we're talking rookies and specifically Thunder rookies. And even more specifically, Sam Vecini wrote an article that was out on The Athletic today uh, about his particular rookie rankings. He's got them ranked 1 through 16. Uh, it's really good. I mean, it's it's worth your time to go read. It's worth the subscription uh, to go get yeah. that. Remember, go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get that. 
Uh, he has Josh Giddy ranked sixth in his rankings, which is right where they took him <laughs> in the draft. Yeah. So that's kind of nice to have your guy where he should be. He had Evan Mobley uh, number one, which I think is correct. And then went with Scotty Barnes at number two. Really interesting. Yeah, also good. Yep. And then three, he's got Franz Wagner, which is, if we're talking like a future ranking, like I can see Mobley and Barnes being one and two. I don't think that's unreasonable. Then we get to Wagner, who I think is going to be like a very, very high level role player. And I'm not sure what he can end up being as, you know, in the future, as far as like a star or anything like that. Uh, Kate is four. Chris Duarte is five. And then mm-hmm. we have Giddy at six. So a lot of names missing from the, the top six that were in, in the draft. But he had a lot of nice things to say about Giddy. I'm not going to read it because I want you to go read it because it's definitely worth your time. But uh, how do you feel about that ranking uh, overall in the top six? And do you think that he was fair to Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think he was perfectly fair uh, with Josh. He he mentioned all the good stuff and he pointed out all the issues. And again, I don't want to read that for you, but you can imagine that one of the main discussion point um, was the shooting, and and that is going to be for Josh one of the defining skills. I know that we are discussing the same for Pakushevsky, uh, but it's true. Like if you are a ball handler, if you are a guy that that is not like a premier defender, uh, like Scotty or like other guys, then shooting is something that can keep you on the court. And shooting is something that can open things for you. And for Giddy, like shooting 36% is not about, it's not only about being efficient, but it's being uh, like, not allowing the defense to cheat on you and to guarding you in a certain way. And and I think that if Giddy becomes like a Dort type shooter where he can hit uh, six threes in a game, uh, taking 12 or like 34, 35% three-point shooter, that, that, that ranking will change dramatically because the ceiling completely changes. And, and maybe I'm underselling uh, Franz Wagner. I have to admit, I haven't watched, uh, I haven't paid too much attention to, to Orlando. And so I have, I want to, to watch a little bit more. But from the draft analysis that I have, I knew that he could be a very useful player on a team, like a very sound, intelligent, uh, offense-ready player uh, for in the league from the beginning. But I, my question is always the same. Mm-hmm. What is the ceiling? Like how how great he can be as a um, as a, can he be a star or is he a role player? Because I can see the path for Mobley, for Barnes, for for Cade, for Giddy, for like many of the rookies that are in that ranking. Not for Duarte probably. Yeah, but I can still still see a path for them to be great. With Franz, maybe it's just that he will be very good at everything. What about and, like, what do you think about Draymond when you think about him? Is he a star to you? Yeah, but but Draymond gives your team a soul. That is different. Wagner kind of has been doing that for them, though. Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, a less mean Draymond is not a star. He plays mean, though. 
Okay. Again, I have to watch. Wagner plays with it with an attitude and a fervor that not many rookies do. Like he really does. So I just I don't know. He's he's shown way more than I thought he would. I mean, he has mm-hmm. been it was the right pick. And I know that like Warriors fans right now are like grasping onto every morsel of like good Jonathan Kaminga that they get. And like Kaminga like Kaminga's such a weird player because and I think the Warriors people are figuring this out that like like raw is like a weird word for him because like he mm-hmm. already has so much in his bag on what he can do. It's about mm-hmm. putting it together. It's about yeah. putting together thinking the game and the skills and the separation of those two things has always been like the problem with Jonathan Kaminga. That was his problem with the ignite is that he couldn't connect the two like that's And it's why he's not in this ranking at all. And it's why he doesn't play that much for the, for the warriors. Now, can he put together like individual possessions where it's like, wow, like definitely. Yes. Can he string together those moments throughout a game? That's like the rawness that we're talking about that he doesn't possess. And that was, it was the same things on draft night. Like saying that he's raw is like, you think that he doesn't have the skills yet? Well, he's got the skills. He has them already. And so, but had they drafted Franz Wagner instead, like Wagner would be firmly in the rotation, playing like 20 plus minutes per game and helping them and providing a lot to that team. I mean, I think they would be a lot better. And I know that Warriors fans are happy with Kaminga and he maybe he can develop and connect those things eventually. But mm-hmm. like those are, to me, those are scarier things to try to develop than Giddy developing a jump shot. You know, like that's a, it's a, yeah. it's a man, like rarely do those kind of guys really do it. And you can point out individual possessions here and there, like, great. But, like, are they thinking the game at a high enough level to contribute to a championship contender? And, like, I have no issue with Josh being able to be that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just he just thinks the game at a higher level. Now he's got to put together the shooting. And he we, he saw, we saw, like, a glimmer of that with the Celtics game where he was four of six from three. I think he was 0 of 10 from three in his previous 10 threes. So yeah, he, was cool and he to needs to focus that. on which one he takes. And this is also true for Bokoshevsky and, sure. and for others. Sure. They should really be out there seeking corners and, and like hunting corner trees because it's, yeah. it's easier, period. They should be better at that. And it's not that they are not spacing the court from there. To me, it's just, hey, Let's cut, unless it's absolutely necessary and have two seconds on the clock. Let's cut out all the trees above the break for now. Like you're not there yet. It's not your shot. Let's focus on getting the corner tree right. Well, that is an extremely valuable shot that is out there to be taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To so your, to your point, they get his second 40 above the break threes. He's 10 of 40, 25%. He's mm-hmm. taken 14 corner threes, left and right. He's taken one right corner three, 13 left corner threes, shooting 35.7%. Yeah, but it's apparent. I mean, it's it, it's there to be seen. I mean, and JRE is kind of a little bit better, probably top of the key, but he's better from the corners. I have no doubts about that. Yeah. Uh, and Thanks. and so it's, it's, it's just easier. It's closer and it's more... Um, 
again, guys needs to adjust to the to the um, even to the visual of of the of the above the break three compared to the three to the to the corner. It's it's just a different kind of shot, and um, so I, I think that there is a there is a way for Giddy to develop first that, and then maybe the top of the key. I know that that is important for him, and he wants to get to it because it allows him to um, maybe to have um, a step on 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 his defenders. Because he, if he's not able to take a three when guys are going um, behind in terms of skin and roll coverage, then they will do it. And so he, I, I know that he wants to be able to punish them, but hey, one step at a time, mm-hmm. like focus on the corner three. Maybe try to attack the, the the screen roll in different ways. Try to do a handoff when they are going uh, behind, so that you involve another guy. Um, there are things, and I'm sure that this is a talking point with the, with the coaching staff because you can see that Kitty was seeking the corners, and also GRE was seeking the corners because that that point is open, and Shea will find you if you're there. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's um, it's it's going to develop. Uh, I will win the bet with Jay. Oh, let, let's be completely fair. Uh, he will not reach 30%. I will win. But but hey, it will be a good 29.5%. Yeah. He's, yeah, 29.5%. Um, who's, who's shooting the best at above the break minimum 15 attempts? Uh, it's probably Mike Muscala. Mike Muscala, 47.1% on 34 attempts. Uh, who's mm-hmm. number two? Hmm, it is Ty Jerome. Kenrich Williams at 40.9%. Hmm. Who's number three? Uh, this makes me feel that it's not Ty Jerome. It's um, 25%. Really? Yeah. That bad? That bad. Wow. Uh, it's not Shay. It's not Shay. Shay is 31% on hmm. 32 of 102. Hmm. Then it's Lou Dort. Dort is 29%. Number three, Trey Mann, 6 of 15 from above the Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. Trey Mann is, Trey, Trey, Trey has a sweet stroke. Yes. I really like it. Yeah, I do too. He's going to be able to shoot it. Yeah. yeah. I just, he just needs to adjust to the physicality, but I, I think he's doing okay. Like, yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Yep. Yeah, he is. I like him. I, I really love the minutes. I am anxious for him to get back to the team. But he's getting a lot of minutes with the blue and playing pretty well. So, yeah, that's fine. Can I say something about Toronto and Scotty Barnes? Say it. It's a bummer that he's not here. Uh, like having four and five and drafting like Barnes and another one, uh, KD or whatever. Oh, uh, don't stop. You got to stop now. You got to stop. I'm going to die. No. I'm just saying. I know he's perfect for Toronto. Yeah, he's, they he'd be they are for here, man. Too he'd be. Yeah, he'd he, be so he, great. he played a five as as I as we as we said during Thunder of the Dark. Yeah, I mean he could have played instead of JRE like full time five. Who cares? Um, but he can also play it, three. Yeah, he can play whatever. Like like just just put a like him basically. Let's put them out there. They will yeah. be good enough in terms of defense and rebounding, and yeah. everything will work. But I love the attitude of that guy. Yeah, man. It just, I know. I know. He's just the beast, and I loved watching him play. Um, I think I watched the game against the the Sixers, the entire game. Yeah, and they were so much fun. They were mm-hmm. playing greedy defense, 
very good spacing on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have shooters. Um, I, I know that they have Siakam and Nobi and him that mm-hmm. look like players that will not fit together. But Anunobi is improved so much in terms of being yeah, able man. to space the court. Uh, Siakam is going to be guarded anyway. They have um, they have Amplita, who is an amazing player. And it's just good to watch them play. I mean, I don't know how successful they can be, mm-hmm. especially if he's uh, a little bit worse than uh, due to this uh, hand injury that he has. But boy, oh boy, that guy is, that guy is a beast. And um, it's so much fun. And um, yeah, among like it's good that he's in Toronto and not a team that I don't have any uh, problems with. Like it's not in Houston, yeah, so it's Houston. it's all good. I can root for him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's awesome. Uh, okay, so the rest of the top ten for Vecini's rankings: uh, Davion Mitchell at seven for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just been a beast, absolute beast. Yeah, Herb Jones at eight. <laughs> for the Pelicans, I love that. It's a bit. That's a bit. That it's. Uh, that is. Um, my take was good at the beginning before the draft, so I'm kind of taking a victory lap here. Yeah. But maybe eight is a little bit high. Yeah, it's a little high, but I like it. Um, Alperen Sengun at nine. Mm-hmm. Um, should be playing more. He's a good player. Yeah. Ten, Jalen Suggs, and then. Yeah, 10, 10A and 10A and 10B, 10B Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green. Yeah, players that have no heart putting outside of the top 10 because they were top fives and they should be there. Um, yeah, Jalen Green looks... Right now, all the red flags that we discussed during our draft uh, series and, I mean, not just us, everyone. Like, is he going to be able to be focused? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be consistent? Mm-hmm. Will he be able to shoot the ball well enough? Is he going to be a creator? And right now he is no, no, absolutely no. Wow, no. Um, he's still fun. He still jumps very high, not as high as Lou Dort, but um, high. Um, and um, and hey, um, it's going to take like a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, for Green. For Sags, I don't know. It's probably just adjusting to the to the speed, to the distance, to the way in which you are guarded. I don't see the same things. Um, he's not the guy that will let it go. With Green, I don't know. I'm very scared. If I'm Houston, I mean, I would be scared about seeing Green playing this way yeah. without anyone, like, taking him and say, well, we are not doing these things. He we are needs, not, like, forgetting about defense. Dude, the defense stuff is so bad. It was so so bad in Oklahoma City. Yeah. There's yeah. no organization. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where to go. The team is just an absolute mess. It's an absolute cluster. And they cannot... Yeah. It is. It, if it's Barnes, like I think Barnes will figure it out fine. Green, though? Like, Green, he is like just standing around. Like, there are possessions yeah. where he is like... Just turn his head, looking around, seeing what's happening on defense. Like, what are you doing, man? No, check my guy. Sorry. Yeah, it is. I normally, and and maybe this will all correct itself. Maybe they get a superstar in this next draft, and they get a new coach, and everything gets you know a little bit tighter. But I, this is a bad. If this continues like this, if they don't make any changes, 
it's almost a wasted rookie year for a guy like Jalen Green. Like I think it's yeah. legitimately really bad for him. Suggs is playing like a beast on defense and is almost a zero on offense. Yeah. Um, what's the opposite of a victory lap? Whatever that is, uh, I'll yeah. take in that one. It's on not Suggs. working. It's not working <laughs> it's right not now. Working I, again, I I hope to to be able to watch a little bit more of uh, Orlando because it seems interesting. Yeah. Um, the Cole Anthony thing, it still looks and weird to me that he's that good. But hey, uh, pull up shooter, weak range, yeah. and maybe maybe coaching staff is able to to get the best out of him. Mm-hmm. And this is something that when we discuss like players like Green, we can say, well, look at Devin Booker. He yeah. is good now, even if they were bad, bad, bad. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if the Phoenix organization was that bad this in is, terms of, this is either. very bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. I don't think, the I reason, mean, they were never one in 15 bad. We know that to be sure. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is historically bad. Like this might be the worst record in NBA history. Now teams rarely actually do that they start really bad they start to pile in some wins and then they don't get there but where's the light at the end of the tunnel for this Rockets team like they may trade Eric Gordon for a pick okay mm-hmm. they, they may do be the worst team for him? ever huh what is the fair price for Gordon your opinion oh probably a good second or a like top 20 protected first hmm and bad salary back, maybe. Yeah, and bad salary back. He could really help somebody. Somebody that needs... Like the Lakers? I mean, the, he, there ain't nothing going to fix the Lakers at this point. But yes, yes. He could help the Lakers quite a bit. Or hmm. team hey. that's just trying to get there. Like, you plug him into the Clippers. You plug him into the Nuggets, who are now going to need some firepower. Um, mm-hmm. The Mavericks, honestly. He would be yeah. really good with the Mavericks. I actually really like Not sure if thing. they g- can get the money work, though. Probably yes with Powell and yeah, yeah salary. Th- that's the it's problem with the Mavericks. super like easy, though. trades is tough with them. Uh, Boston can always use more shooting. Philly? You know. No, maybe Philly. No, they have already South Korea and that at all. They've got a lot of shooting. That's actually something that, that they are not desperate for. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That's interesting to me. Uh, so continuing on to the, on this list, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 14th on this list, which I think is probably about right. If not, probably might even need to be higher than that. <laughs> He's been so good and has, yeah. and has gotten better. Yes, game absolutely. Like his first couple games... He was, especially, I, I look back to the preseason. Remember watching him against the Bucks in the preseason? And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, no. Like, this yeah, thing's completely lost. This ain't going to work <laughs> for Jeremiah mm-hmm. this year. Oh, that's a problem. And it was like, no, no concerns. Like, he's a second-round draft pick. But the to go back and watch him in that preseason game and to look at what he did against Milwaukee on Friday... Yeah. Um, different players, like different players. He is adjusted. He is just a, he's a brilliant basketball mind. And yeah. he's playing bigger than he did then. And Mark even said that. Mark mentioned this in post game. I can't remember after what game, but afterwards he said, like, listen, after I watched, 
Jeremiah in the preseason, I said, he is small. Like he's probably too small to play. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, oh, he is adjusted. He plays bigger now. And that's a yeah. big that's a that's a big deal for him because he we saw him if you haven't seen the clip of him moving his feet against James Harden, like yeah, that's like go that's insane. Go watch that because he can move with quick guys and crafty guys, and he can play with bigger guys. He's rebounding the ball much better. Just like made a few adjustments, and then bang, he's a good rebounder. And it was the first preseason games and the first few games. It was like, oh no, like he's just going to struggle on the boards. Like no. No, and he will against like against like tall guys. He he will not be as effective probably from the beginning. Yeah, like Draymond is not an, a huge rebounder. Right, uh, he's a good rebounder, but not a great one. But the point that he's able to switch on Harden and be not embarrassed by him by him mm -hmm. that is something that is really something. And over the past five games, he's averaging almost well nine point two points. Uh, on eight field goals, um, a little bit like no, not many free throws, 33% from three on five attempts. There is like, um, there is a player there. Yeah. And if he, I think that again, it's boring to always talk about shooting, but if the shooting continues to be like that, not, not even more than 34%, and he's able to, to be a little bit more impactful with his body on defense, um, Hey, you have a player. You have like a real player there. Um, I think that the IQ on offense is sensational. Mm -hmm. Like he's just know always where to be. Always, mm -hmm. he's never in the in in a bad spot offensively. He's always helpful offensively. Yep. These are the collision type player where yep. you can see that the offense will find them or he will find the offense because the way in which they process the game. And it's not the case that again Giddy finds him uh, open in the dunker spot. A lot of times because he is in the corner and he sees that the defender is not looking at him so he plays himself in, a, in the right spot the defense rotates and he's boom open um these things are requires concentration being steady and being extremely intelligent uh basketball wise and probably also in life uh he looks like uh, a steady guy mm -hmm. and and again maybe he's not shiny maybe he's not but if he's able to hold his position defensively and he's able to space the court and he's a plus on offense, that is a hell of a second round pick. Yeah, I think you can bank you can bank it that he's, you know, what if and this is, what what if he's like the fourth starter on a great team? Let's say fifth. Yeah, that's, that's even okay. That's what let's Vizzini let's lower thinks. the bar. That's what Vasily thinks. Yeah. I, I think he's super good and he's very young and he's learning the NBA game. He's going to get stronger. Like I, there's zero doubts that he's going to become a, like a much stronger player. And mm -hmm. like, what was PJ Tucker on those Rockets teams? Was he the third, fourth, fifth guy? What was he to that team? He was probably the probably fourth, number or fifth, four. fourth or fifth. Yeah. Me, I mean, the, you can that's pick the kind of player Clarendon. we're talking. That's the t kind of player we're talking about. Yeah. Useful. Very Extremely useful. useful going to glue things together, going to make the right decisions. And if they can get, if you can have, I mean, <laughs> it's, this is what's kind of cool is, and somebody was in my mentions, I can't remember why, but they were, it was almost like a complaint that like, how far away are we from having like a really good team? It was like, well, we're far away, like far away. But for yeah. them to have five guys on the team that you're already like, you know what? Like I, I think you can almost bank on these guys. Shea, 
Dort, Giddy, JRE is one of those guys. And then maybe there's not another one that you can bank on. But to have four, maybe Kenrich is the other guy that I would put in there because yeah. I do think Kenrich is, is a long-term piece for this team that will play a significant role. So maybe that's your five. And then you have developmental guys like Baisley. I still, like Baisley, Baisley, yeah, Poku, Baisley. You have guys, Wiggins that you're developing. You have yeah, Trey Mann I, I want to see Trey Mann in a winning, con- in a winning like, yeah. uh, like if he's able to, to hit 40% of his pull-ups, hey, he's a guy. He's definitely a guy. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, you, miss, you miss the guy, I think. And that is hard to, cam- to, to come by. But, but hey, for that, you need luck. And you need to best need position luck. yourself to get, to get lucky. This is what OKC is doing. And, and again, I, I agree uh, with what you were saying. Like, OKC is building sustainable basket already. Yeah which is something incredible. Like the, the lineups with Kenrich and Muscala are just good basketball lineups. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and they will be good when, when JRE and Giddy find elite chemistry, when JRE becomes uh, like a, a better three point shooter. And it, it will happen. <laughs> there is no reason why. He's already He's, not bad. Exactly, exactly. The motion looks good. Like Mike Muscala was never uh, like super duper three-point shooter is shooting 40% now, but he's always like a 34, 35, 36. Like Jerry can be that. Yeah. And that can, like, the problem is, can he take a quick shot and hit him and yeah. hit it? That is the point. And I think that he will beat it. He will get there. Give him time. He is already good at doing a lot of other stuff, which is extremely encouraging. And when all this uh, brand new instrument will play in a concert together, he will notice. Um, I think that right now you see like basically freestyling and it doesn't work or Giddy trying a little bit too much and it doesn't work like Shay trying to prove that he is the, 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 the first violin and it's like, sounds like a uh, crappy sometime, <laughs> but Hey, when they play, when it works for a few possession, you can say, wow, that's the melody. That, that is yeah. the thing that I want. Yeah. And, and, and this is very important to be able to build something that when everything works, it, it works well. Because if Houston, Houston when he, they hit shots, they can win a basketball game. It doesn't mean that it looks good. When OKC plays good basketball, it looks, feel, and, and, and like you just, you just perceive that it, that is good basketball. That is something that is sustainable. Yeah. And what's, what will be cool is if they do get the guy in this draft or perhaps in the next draft, then you, you don't have to be be like, okay, now we've got our guys. Let's let's figure out what we want to do. Let's figure out how we win basketball games. Like, yeah. No, no. You get to plug them in and say, here's how we play. Let us show you yeah. how we play. And eventually, like right now, the Thunder team isn't talented enough to win games. They're not experienced yeah. enough and they're not talented enough. Yeah. They're playing Derry Favors. And basically, long minutes. They, these are not winning players right now. No. Sometimes basically is, but I mean, Most we had 16 not. games. Yeah. In five of them, he was a good player, probably. Yeah. This is like, I agree. I mean, yeah. and, and it's not that you can, you can't do it otherwise. There are superstars that impose their style of play. Mm-hmm. It happens. Like, look at, look at Phoenix. 
Sure. Look at Phoenix and Chris Paul. They are playing Chris Paul basketball, and it's a good basketball, mm-hmm. like like OKC did. Hey, mm-hmm. this is the way. Double drag at the top of the key, and then let me do it. That's fine. But the and even defensively is is they they already have the blueprint there. The Thunder do. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're thirteenth in defense, and they're yeah. not good. Like they're not a good team, and they've yeah. already de- they have no rim protection. None. They are doing it by committee and by switching and by playing hard. That is good news. No, but I, I, what I want to what I want to mention is that you may see teams saying, "Well, you know what? We get Luca. We play Luca ball." Sure. It it can be okay. But look at what Golden State is doing. Yeah. They brewed a new type of basketball. Mm-hmm. And even with KD there, like it takes KD to say, well, let's freestyle from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, th- that's fine. But when KD was off the court, they were still playing Curry's Ken Clay type of basketball, mm-hmm. which is what OKC is trying to do. Let's build something sustainable so that we can sustain a superstar mm-hmm. if he wants to play this way. Mm-hmm. Or we can be sustainable when that superstar is not playing. Yeah. Like you can question, had OKC ever done it before? When KD was off the court or, or when Russ was off the court, what kind of basketball they were playing? Was that sustainable? No. You can argue that maybe with Kmart and with Reggie, that was kind of the closest version. Yeah, that's the closest thing to it, but still not there. Still not like it was, hey, KD and Russ will get us buckets. Yeah. And it's, hey, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> they were good. Yeah. But but uh, I agree. Building something sustainable that get that goes beyond the, the players that are actually on the court and their talent it will, will be good in the long run. Yeah. No, that's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's very exciting. It's good to see them building and hopefully they'll have more luck on their side come the uh, draft lottery. So, uh, all right. Be sure to go read Sam's article. Sam is just the best. Like, not only yeah, the best, yes. best writer, best evaluator, but just the best guy, too. I'm a big, big Sam Bassini guy over here. So, be sure to go check that out. We are going to go. But before we do, let's uh, check out the chat real quick. We have Miroslav from Germany. We have Everyone Needs a Smile. Uh, let's see. Brian Yates is here saying, bringing the fly Italian style to the pod. He definitely is. If you're not watching on YouTube, you are missing out on Michele's uh, impeccable <laughs> style here. Uh, it's t- Monday. I have to wear a tie on Monday. <laughs> uh, Tyler Gibbs says, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. The Fluky is from Germany. Uh, Hoopsock69, Reese Kimsey, Nathan Creamer, Sean Cargill. The Box of Cereal. What's up? Wow. From Alabama. Uh, Stephen Clays is from Belgium. Let's see. Frank Turman is here. My guy, Alex Bullerjack. Travis Cagle. What's up, Travis? Harris Chaudry is here. Let's see. Who else? Jacoby King. Dude Buffet is here. Fitness 2018. Ian Kirkham is here. Eric Mai. Hudson Harder from Jerusalem. Whoa. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, and then the Devin Dunker is here from the UK. 
Big shouts to everybody for joining the stream. If you want to join the stream as well, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Search down and down. Hit the little bell and you'll know when we go live. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the Hawks game. The Thunder play the Hawks tonight. It should be quite enjoyable. So check that out. We'll talk to you guys again. Oh, Larry Miller. Shouts to Larry Miller for coming to uh, the, the live putt from Florida. Wow, that was awesome. Great, meet, great to meet you, Larry. All right, talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.